Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to The Rock of Gainesville. If you're here in the auditorium, we welcome you. If you're joining us online, we welcome you that way also. Just good to be together on a great, 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 great Father's Day weekend. Uh, the weather's not great, 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 but you know, it's still cool. It's great to be together and worship together on Father's Day weekend. And uh, Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne for the opportunity for me to share the word on such a very special day. Uh, I want to share some things with you that uh, kind of just boiling in me for a little while. Let me just go ahead and tell you, this is probably the closest you're ever going to get to a Father's Day message from me. Uh, Not because I don't love you guys and I don't believe in you, I just don't preach the calendar and that's just something that uh, is kind of a peccadillo within me. I just preach what's on my heart. But uh, over the past, I don't know, two or three months, I would probably say, I've been going back and reading the Gospels over and over and over again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And uh, I don't know, about a month ago, I got to Mark chapter 6. And I saw some things in Mark chapter six that just really jumped out at me and I'll explain them better as we get to it. A very familiar passage of scripture, especially when we'll get to it, you'll understand it more and more. But I I looked at that and I thought to myself, you know, uh, if I minister on Father's Day, which it looks like I'm going to, I'm gonna go back and preach what I see here in Mark chapter six because it just really stood out to me as the context was unfolding. And I, I, I'm going to specifically, as I told you, uh, kind of a Father's Day message. I'm gonna talk to a lot of you men today specifically, but look guys, the word is the word. Come on, it applies to everybody. So I'm gonna speak to dads, I'm gonna speak to fathers, I'm gonna speak to men, I'm gonna speak to moms, I'm gonna speak to college students, I'm gonna speak to youth, I'm speaking to everybody because when heaven and earth will pass away, the word of God is still going to be standing. So I'm gonna speak to everybody, but specifically, again, I'm going to address some things toward you men because it is Father's Day. A long time ago, uh, there was a little conversation between a young girl and her older brother. And the little girl said, what is the difference between Father's Day and Mother's Day? And the older brother said, well, they're pretty much the same. Father's Day is the same as Mother's Day. You just don't spend as much. (laughs) Now, come on dads, I hope that ain't the case today. Come on somebody, break out that wallet, mom. Here we go. But I do think, I do think there is some level of truth to that idea because of what, listen to me now, what society has attempted to do to the role of men in America today. What society has tried to do to diminish the importance of your role, the position that you hold, and the place that you hold in the world today. They've done it through sitcoms, They've done it through television shows. They've done it through articles. They've done it through magazine articles, through documentaries. They've tried to take away the masculinity of who we are and take away the role that you and I guys, we have as men in America today. Now, let me just go ahead and set the record straight. They are failing miserably because you hold 
a position of authority that is a God-given mandate of authority that you are to walk in, and there is not a devil in hell that can take away the authority that God's placed in your life. Come on, give Jesus a praise offering today. You have a position of authority, you have a position of leadership, you have a mandate that God has placed. When you came in the world as a male, God placed on you a mandate of authority that was going to go with you the rest of your life. And every henchman in hell can try to set it back, but you are victorious in Jesus' name. Just not going to happen, but I do think that we find ourselves, men, now come on and listen to me and agree with me, because I know you will. We as men find ourselves in this kind of undisclosed, unpronounced, not talked about a lot pressure that we carry because we are men. We carry this role of having to do almost everything. I mean, let's be honest, I gotta go to work. I go to work and I take care of business at work and I do my job trying to do it really, really, really well, and I do everything I'm supposed to do, and then I take care of things at work, then I've got to go and take care of things at home. And I've gotta go home, and I've gotta mow the lawn, and I've gotta screw in a light bulb, and for me, that's a big task. <laughs> and then I've got to go to work, and I've gotta solve all the world's problems, and deal with all the issues that are coming at me and then I gotta go home and you know what I'm talking about dads, you gotta go home and have an answer to every question your kids ask you. You gotta answer them all. Dad, why is the sky blue? Why is grass green? Why is milk white? Why don't stars fall out of the sky? Dad, why do you have a beard under your arm? Are you, are you carrying a baby also, Daddy? So, all, my bad. So all the things we've got to carry on and carry on, and there is an undisclosed, sometimes unpronounced pressure that we have to carry. And so we find ourselves just saying, God, what do you want from me? Come on now. What do you want from me? Do you think, do you think I can walk on water? Do you think, not? well, guess what? I can't. And as I got to Mark chapter six, here we go. As I got to Mark chapter six, I read the story of Jesus walking on water. Ah, come on. And I realized in that story, there was only one person that could walk on water and he is the savior of the world. So I can't walk on water. But as I dissected Mark chapter six, what I realized, I can't walk on water, but there are a lot of other things that Jesus shows me that I can do that will make a difference in my life and your life. And so that's what I wanna talk about today. I can't walk on water, but I can under the authority and the power and the love and the direction of my God. There's a lot of things that you and I can do that will make a difference in this nasty old world. Come on, somebody. It'll change things for the good. So let's look at Mark chapter six and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Here we go. Mark chapter six, immediately Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat 
and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, rather, while he dismissed the crowd. This was right after the feeding of the 5,000. After leaving, he went, after leaving them, rather, he went up on a mountainside to pray. I can't walk on water, but I can be a man of prayer. I can't walk on water, but I can pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw, look at this phrase, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. How many times have we found ourselves in life and the wind of life is blowing right in our face and we're just straining trying to make it through? We're just doing our best to hold on because the wind of life is blowing right here and we're straining to take one step after another. Look at the next phrase there. And he saw the disciples straining at the oars and shortly before dawn, he went out to them. I may not be able to walk on water, but I can walk in the confidence of God that when the wind of life hits me in the face, Jesus is coming to me. He's coming right to where I am. I can walk in confidence. And he was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost and they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. And immediately, immediately, say that word out loud. Say it one more time. Immediately. Immediately. Guys, I love that word. You want to know why? You speak it in the spirit, it's birthed in the spirit. Let me say it again. You speak it in the spirit, it's birthed in the spirit. Now, I may have to wait for the manifestation of it. I may have to wait for it to come about, but if I speak it in the spirit, it's birthed in the spirit. And immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the peace of God. I can walk in the peace of God. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down and they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countrysides, they placed the sick in the marketplaces and they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. I may not be able to walk on water, but I can walk in the purposes of God. I may not be able to walk on water, but I can do what God has called me to do and walk around and be like Jesus. Come on, somebody. And you can do the same thing. So let's look at this. I can't walk on water, but here we go now. I can walk in prayer. I can't walk in water, but I can be a man of prayer. Look at Mark chapter six, verse 46. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. I can't walk on water, but listen to me now. I can go find my secret place and get alone with God. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the rock, the Lord rather, that he is my rock and my refuge. In him alone will I trust. I may not can walk on water, but I can go to my secret place and come out feeling like I can. Come on now. I can walk out believing that I can. Why? Because I can't walk on water, but I can be a man of prayer. You know, a 
couple of months ago, I was scheduled to come out here and speak, and uh, just before I came out on the platform, or actually just before service started, I kind of went backstage, and as I walked backstage, Pastor Jamie had the worship team gathered there together backstage, and Sarah Bess was speaking to them. And Sarah was talking to them, and as I walked around the corner, here's what I heard Sarah say, we rarely lead people corporately where we have not been privately. And man, when I heard her say that, it hit me right here. Why? Because what am I about to do? I'm about to walk out on this platform and lead you corporately to a place of worshiping God. And I had to stop and ask myself, Hyatt, have you been to that place privately so that you're ready to lead these people corporately? Man, it was a spirit of conviction that jumped all over me. Why? Because I can't lead you, we can't lead each other to a place corporately if we haven't been doing our due diligence as people of prayer. Come on now. Nikki Gumbel says this, the guy that's leading us through our, uh, our devotion and our prayer reading. Here's what he says. Look at this. When we pray, God hears more than we say, answers more than we ask, and gives more than we imagine. Isn't that good? Why? I may not be able to walk on water, but I can go to the secret place and get alone with the one that does exceedingly, abundantly, more than I could ever ask or think, and come out knowing that I'm able to accomplish whatever it is God puts in front of me. Because really, guys, that's what prayer is. Prayer is me getting alone with God and allowing me to have my faith meet God's abilities. Come on. How many times, let's go back to the wind in our face illustration. How many times have you been living this life of a spiritual journey and you're walking along and that cold wind of winter is in your face and you're going through trouble after trouble after your trouble and you're wondering, what do I do? Can I handle this? What do I do next? Am I able to really find myself really making it and we feel very incapable of doing what we're supposed to be doing? And so what do we do? We go to the place of prayer and our faith meets God's abilities. Man, I love that. I love that. My faith. I may, not, I may feel very incapable or incapable, but I get along with God and my faith meets the creator of the universe and as a result of that, I walk out, man, knowing that I'm able to do whatever it is God's called me to do. One of my favorite teachers in the body of Christ is Pastor Jack Hafer from California. And, you know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times you listen to Pastor Jack and you feel like you've got to listen to him with a dictionary and a thesaurus because this guy is brilliant. But Pastor Jack said one time about prayer, here's what he said, listen to this. He said, prayer is a partnership between a redeemed child of God and a sovereign, oh, I'm, yeah, a redeemed child of God and a sovereign Lord who is creating a partnership to usher in his redemptive purpose on the face of the earth. Mm. God allows me, God allows you to partner with him, a sovereign God, so that he can bring heaven to earth. Not your, my, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to me, dad. You want a little heaven in your family? Be a man of prayer. You want to bring heaven into your life? Be a man of prayer. 
You want to bring a little heaven to earth? Be a person of prayer, mom. You want to bring a little heaven into your life? Be someone that gets along with God, a sovereign Lord that allows himself to partner with me and bring his purpose to the face of the earth. He's sovereign, man. He's sovereign. You know what that means? He's in control. He's in charge. He can do whatever it is he wants to do. However, in that role, he is not going to allow you to lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. (laughs) Say it again. He's a sovereign God. He can do what he wants. Boom, hole. If he wants to, he can do that. He's not going to let you lean on that shovel and pray for a hole. What does that mean, Pastor Ron? You got to put in the work. You got to do your due diligence. You got to go to the place of prayer and do your due diligence and come out believing. (laughs) Believe that I can speak a hole in the ground. Come on, somebody. People ask me all the time, Pastor Ron, would you pray for God's will for my life? And I say, I don't have to. I already know it. You know God's will for my life? Yeah, I know God's will for your life. Here it is. Be like Jesus. It's real simple. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? He went around doing good, healing the sick, and all that were oppressed by the devil. That's God's will for my life. So I may not be able to walk on water, but I can walk in prayer and I can be like Jesus. Number two, I can't walk on water, but I can walk in confidence. Mm. 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 How many times have we found ourselves going through battle? I listened to Pastor Suzanne this past Wednesday at the ladies gathering and talk about how you talked and gave that illustration. We find ourselves in battle after battle after battle after battle. And that's your words, and I'm quoting you almost verbatimly. Battle after battle after battle. And you guys have heard me say this. Our spiritual journey, we're either in a battle, coming out of a battle, or going into a battle. That's just the way it is. And so what that does is that diminishes my confidence. That kind of wears, it's an attempt to wear down the saints. But listen to me, brother, sister, man of God, woman of God, don't be weary in your well-doing. Be full of the confidence of God. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's an amen. That's an amen right there. So I can walk in confidence. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 48. He saw the disciples, here we go again, straining at the oars because the wind was against them, pushing them back, pushing them back, pushing them back. And shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. I tell you what, if that doesn't give me confidence, nothing will. I'm fighting the good fight. We call it a spiritual warfare. I'm fighting the good fight and I'm straining to get my boat of life moving against that wind. And all of a sudden I realize as I'm in the battle and I'm in the fight, Jesus is walking toward me, walking on water. That means nothing is going to stop him from getting to you, even if it takes the miraculous. Mm. Mm. How do I know? How do I know? Why do I know? that I can walk in the confidence of God. 
How do I know? Why do I know that I can walk in the confidence of God? Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? What things? Everything that's coming against you, that wind of life that's blowing in your face. Those are the things we're talking about. What do we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who, what, how, when, or where can anything be against us? Man, you missed a great place to shout. If God is for us, sickness and disease can't be against me. If God is for me, rejection can't be against me. If God is for me, depression can't be against me. If God is for me, all kinds of pains of life cannot be against me. If God is for me, again, no weapon formed against me shall prosper because God is for me and he will see you through in Jesus' name. What's against you? Come on, what's against you? What's against you? Are you going to face a battle? Yeah, you're going to face a battle. But it's just coming at you. You're going to go through it. Ooh, that, that, that's exactly what, pa- what God spoke to Pastor George. You're going to go through it, but I'm going to walk, wi- I'm going to walk through this with you. Hmm. 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 You're going to go through it, but I'm going to walk through this with you. And that builds confidence in my life. Let's read on. If God be for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, him being Jesus, graciously give us all things? What you need today? What you in need of today? What are you facing that you need an answer from God for today? Men, moms, students, what are you facing today that you need something from God to bring into your life? He gives us all things. Man, I'm going to tell you what, if that doesn't build your, your confidence, your fire has been put out. I got the confidence of knowing he's going to bring every, everything, everything, everything. Say it right now in your spirit. What do you need? I need fill in the blank. God's bringing it to you in Jesus' name. I need fill in the blank. It's my promise in Jesus' name. What do I need right now? Fill in the blank. God will give me all good gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Now let's bring some balance to it. Confidence without humility is arrogance. Humility without confidence is weakness. But when I allow the two to come together and be married, it births authority. Amen. Say that again. You want me to say it again? Confidence without humility is arrogance. Humility without confidence is weakness. But when I allow the two to come together and join themselves together, they birth authority. And I'm able to walk in the authority of God the way he wants me to walk. But here's what I got to do. I have to learn to put my confidence in God's perfect power and not my imperfections. My confidence has got to be in God's perfect power. Am I, do I have imperfections? 
That's, that's a good place to not say amen. Come on now. That's a good place to not say a word. I'll answer it for you. Oh, yeah. Do we have imperfections? Oh, yeah. But you know what? I don't put my confidence in my lack of ability. I put my confidence in God's perfect power. Mm. So I can't walk on water, but I can walk in confidence. Number three, I can't walk on water, but I can walk in peace. Look, guys, is this a day that we are living in in culture to where we desperately need the peace of God? Man, we're getting bombarded, guys. We're getting bombarded. Flip on the TV, flip through a magazine. You know, listen to people in the marketplace. We're getting bombarded with lies and deceit and trickery of men. If there's ever a day I've got to walk in the peace of God, it's today. Now, let me tell you, look at what it says. Jesus spoke to the disciples, and here's what he said, because they all saw him and they were terrified, there's that word again, immediately, you speak it in the spirit, it's birthed in the spirit. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, when did he say that, that lack, or that ability rather, of getting rid of Fear, when did it come about? Immediately, immediately. Let me mess with your theology a little bit concerning peace. Because people come to me all the time and say, Pastor Ron, pray that I'll have peace in my life. I, I need peace in my life. Would you pray that I'll have peace in, your li- in my life? And I'll say, yeah, I'll pray for you, but I really don't need to pray for you to have peace because you already have it. And the reason I can say with confidence that you already have it is because when Jesus went to the bee at the right hand of God the Father, he left his peace with you. He said, my peace, I leave with you. You've already got, and you don't have Hyatt peace, you got Jesus peace. (laughs) You don't have culture peace, you got Jesus peace. His peace, he says, I leave with you. But you know what, here's what we do. Watch Pastor Ron, I need peace in my life. Boy, I really want some peace in my life. Man, I hope I can get some peace. Pray that I'll have peace in my life. I really want some, I want some peace in my life. I need peace in my life. I really want God to give me some peace in my, I just need, I need some peace. I need some peace. I need peace. I need peace so bad, I need peace. And we work ourselves into a frenzy trying to get peace. And you already got it. Why? Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And if you're a child of God and the Spirit of God is in you, Peace is already in you because you have the fruit of the Spirit. And guess what? It is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. If you got one, you got them all. They come as a cluster. But you got to understand this, guys. It is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of accumulation. Because here's what the world says. Get all you can and sit on the can. Get everything you can and and stack it up. Get, 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 and create this mountain of heap and then sit on top of the heap thinking that you're going to have peace. Trying to get all we can and if I get that and I get this and I get that and I get this, I'm gonna be happy. No, you're just gonna have a lot of this and that. So I gotta ask you a question. Peace 
is a fruit of the Spirit, not a fruit of accumulation. So here's the question we've got to ask. Am I trying to keep pace or am I trying to, am I trying to keep peace or am I trying to keep pace? Am I trying to keep up? Hey, listen, let's simplify this. Let's make this real, real easy for even Pastor Ron. You want to have peace in your life? The most simple thing you could ever do to be filled with the peace of God in your life is be satisfied with who you are and content with everything you got. Man, you'll have peace in your life. Because what we try to do is we try to find ourselves being something that we're not or being somebody that we're not. And you know what? All we do is not only frustrate ourselves, we frustrate God. Because God's up there saying, wait just a second, Hyatt. I created you in your mother's womb and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Why are you trying to be like him? Why are you trying to do what they can do? Why don't you walk in your calling and your gifting? And so I don't only frustrate myself, I frustrate God. And listen to me now, listen to me now. I frustrate myself, I frustrate God, and I make a mockery out of his creation. Because you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Hey, Pastor Jamie said it perfectly a couple of weeks ago that he puts us in the body as it so pleases him. He has put you exactly where you need to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And when we find ourselves doing other things, we not only frustrate ourselves, we frustrate God. Walk in the gift and the anointing and the ability that he's placed in you. So I can't walk on water, but I can walk in peace. Number four, I'm almost done. I love this one right here. I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the Spirit of God. I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the Spirit. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 51. Then he climbed into the boat with them. Now listen to me, guys. How many of you are glad today Jesus got in your boat? Huh? Man, I tell you what, my boat was sinking. Come on now. I, man, I was a reprobate. I was outside of the household of faith. I was literally as far away from God as I possibly could be. And God saw fit in his mercy and his grace to get in my boat and ride with me. And that sinking boat started setting sail. Come on now. That sinking boat started setting sail. And so he got in the boat. Watch this now. He got in the boat and then the wind died down. I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the Spirit of God and watch the winds of culture die down as they try to come against me. And look at what happens. Watch this. I love this. And they were completely amazed. Now watch the progression. Jesus walks on water. He gets in their boat, and they are amazed. And the wind dies down. Let me ask you a question. What if God's presence is not about fixing your problems, but fixing your perspective. Because look at what takes place. Look at what happens here. The wind of life is beating against them, and Jesus walks out and gets in their boat, and they are amazed. They go from fearful to amazed. They go from scared 
to amaze. What's changing? Their perspective. And then the Bible says, then the wind dies down. You know what I have found? There's a lot of times that before God ever fixes my problem, he's got to fix me. He's got to fix me. And he changes my perspective and he changes my outlook and my faith rises up. And then I find myself walking in faith and being steady and my problems change. So I wonder if God's presence and I wonder if God's power is more involved in changing our perspective than our problems. And Romans chapter eight gives a great illustration of how that happens. Let's read it together. Here we go. How do I allow God's presence to change my perspective. It determines, watch me now, it determines by this, am I walking in the flesh or am I walking in the spirit? I walk in the spirit, my perspective is gonna stay on count. And look at what Romans chapter eight says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, for it is not, the, it is not to, rather, the flesh to live according to it. Watch this now. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. See, here's where I am, guys. I find myself in this this position. Am I going to walk in the flesh or am I going to walk in the Spirit? Let me ask you a question because I'm almost done. Hang with me. Do I want to be a spiritual consumer or a spiritual contributor? Now think about that. Because when I walk in the flesh, I'm a spiritual consumer. Gimme, 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 because the flesh is an insatiable appetite that is never going to be satisfied. So I want more and more and more and more trying to get more and more and more hoping that one day I'll get satisfaction. So I am a spiritual consumer as I walk in the flesh. But as I walk in the spirit, I become a spiritual contributor. Here's why. Because God moves in me and then moves through me and touches the lives of everybody around me. And I go from getting, getting, getting to giving, giving, giving because I'm walking in the Spirit of God. So I'm not worried about what I get. I'm more concerned about what I can give because God's anointing is flowing through me. I don't want to be a spiritual consumer, guys. How about you? Come on, somebody. Give me, give me, give me. I want to contribute because Jesus is moving through me. All right, number five, and I'm done. This time I promise. I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the purpose of God. I can't walk on water, but I can day by day by day, Phil, I can do what God has called me to do. I may not be able to put my foot, there's only one person that ever did it, guys. So I can't walk on water, but I can walk in the purpose of God, and you can be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman fulfilling the destiny that God has for you. Look at Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six says this about Jesus. Let's read it together. And wherever he went into villages, towns, 
or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces and they begged him to let them touch even the edge of his garment and all who touched it were healed. Come on. You wanna to touch the hem of his garment today? You wanna to just touch the hem of his garment today? You need a touch from God. You may not be able to walk on water, but you can reach out. Come on, somebody. You can reach out and let God touch your life. I may not can walk on water, but I can walk as a man of God, as a kingdom man, as a, as a kingdom woman, as a kingdom college student. You can walk in the purposes of God. And here's what it says, last point. Purpose determines approach. If I don't have any purpose, I'm not going to approach things and believe that I can do what God's called me to do. I'm gonna sit back lazy, come on now. I'm gonna sit back lazy, but when I have purpose, then what am I going to do? I'm going to see that I can approach and move into what God has called me to move into. Here we go. At the end of the day, it's what we do, not what we intended to do. Intentions leave us with regret. But purpose leaves us with a divine satisfaction. A divine satisfaction. And at the end of the day, guys, it's not what I hoped I could do, wanted to do, thought about doing, intended to do. It's what I purposed to do. So I may not be able to walk on water, but I can walk in peace. I can walk in confidence. I can walk in the spirit. I can walk in all the things that I shared with you today because that's the way God has directed me to walk. And listen to me, as a man of God, you have the ability to stand back and say, look, there are some things I can't do, but there are some things I can do because God has directed me to do it and given me the ability to do it. Stand with me in here, please. <clears throat> I want to, uh, as you can tell, the band's back up here because I want us to go back and I want us to sing that song we wrapped up our worship set with, The Blessing. And here's what I want today as we sing that song in closing. Here's what I want you to do. And this has kind of gone back with me for a few months now, going all the way back to when my, El, my friend L. Clark spoke a word to our house about revival. And when he spoke that word about revival, it lit a fire in me. Go ahead and play, guys. It's, it spoke a, a, just a fire in me. And what I've been praying over the past couple of weeks is this right here. I've been praying this and hearing Holy Spirit say this, that what God is wanting to do, He's wanting to light revival fires in the church and in America. But it's going to start with kingdom men that have assumed their responsibility of position and authority and leadership and allowed themselves to lead their homes in a godly manner. And what I hear the Spirit saying is this, as you do this, you will stop the enemy at the threshold of your home and he will have no headlong observation into your household. 
And as that takes place, he is going to release a blessing on you that will take over your family for this generation and generations to come. There is a revival that is going to begin with you men as you assume your position of authority and leadership and the enemy is not crossing the threshold of your household and you'll stop him in Jesus' name and walk in everything that God wants you to walk in. So here's what I want you to do. We're gonna sing this song. Don't just sing a song. I want you to sing this song prophetically. I want you to make a declaration. Families, if you're together, you can gather your family together if you want to. If you're uncomfortable with that, don't worry about it. But dads, you can lead right now, even as we stand in this place, you can gather your family and your kids together. And I don't want you to just sing a song. I want you to make a declaration to God that you may not be able to walk on water, but you can lead righteously in Jesus' name and thwart the attack of the enemy and watch the blessing of God flow through your family. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing together. All the dads in the house, I want you to lift your hands real quick. We're going to sing this verse over you.
upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations
us a praise offering, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, 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 is, there is something that's being released in you right now. There's something that being, that's being released. I don't know what you've cried out for. I don't know what you've been wanting. I don't know what you've been battling. I don't know what that wind of life has been in your face. But Jesus is in your boat today. He's calming your nerves. He's calming your fears. He's settling the waters of life. And he's calming that wind that's been battling against you. And that straining of the oars that you've been dealing with is now coming to a place of calm, still waters in the spirit. And you're going to walk in rejoicing. And I'm going to say right now, lift up the hands that hang down and walk in a spirit of joy today. God is setting something in motion in your life in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord an ovation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.